I cling to kale, calorn, shade, to saving all the new bloods I can, because I am afraid of waking up to emptiness, to a place where my friends and family are gone, and I am nothing but a single bolt of lightning in the blackness of a lonely storm. If I am a sword, I am made of glass, and I feel myself beginning to shatter. That's a quote from today's book, Glass Sword, by Victoria Aveyard. This is Young Adult Book Chat, and I'm your host, Leah Stuhler. Hi everyone, just a quick note before today's episode. We did have some technical issues while recording this episode, so please just forgive any echoey sounds you might hear. We have corrected it though for future episodes, so you will not notice that again. And without any further ado, I give you today's episode, Glass Sword. Hello everyone, and welcome to Young Adult Book Chat. I am Leah, and today we're going to be discussing the book Glass Sword by Victoria Aveyard. And I am very excited to have my friend Nikki here with me. Thanks for joining us, Nikki. Hi, Leah. Hi, everybody. It's so good to have you here. Nikki is a fellow Victoria Aveyard lover, and we have actually had the chance together to meet Victoria Aveyard. We went to Y'all Fest in Charleston, which was so much fun, and I highly recommend for all of you going to that. So Nikki and I got to meet her, and she was so sweet, isn't she? Yeah, she was amazing. And I looked uh, for this year. She's not going to be there. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get started. If you have not yet listened to the podcast before this on the first book in the series, Red Queen, you may want to stop right now and listen to that one first and then listen to this one next. This is a second book in the Red Queen series. And basically this book, Glass Sword, picks up right where Red Queen leaves off. It's really great. You can finish Red Queen and jump right into Glass Sword and you're in the exact same spot. So if you remember, at the end of Red Queen, Mare and Cal have just been rescued by the Scarlet Guard, and Mare woke up to find who her brother Shade with her, who she thought was dead. So she had this awesome reunion. And so what happens in Glass Sword now is, if you remember from Red Queen, Mare has a list from Julian that has the name of other New Bloods in it who are just like her. They're reds who have silver abilities. And so what happens is Mare and Cal and Farley and Kalorn and Shade all set out to go find other new bloods because they want them to join their cause and join in the rebellion rebellion to try and defeat Maven. However, Maven figures out what they're doing. And so throughout the whole book, he is constantly on their trail and trying to find them. So that is the gist of what this book is about. All right. So if you have not read this book yet, I would recommend either not listening to the rest of this until you have read the book Or if you don't care about spoilers, go ahead and keep listening. But we are going to have some spoilers now. How's that sound, Nikki? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. So here we go. Let's get into some more specifics about this book. So what's funny is at the very beginning, because Cal is a silver, 
Farley and Kalorn and Shade are all very cautious around him and they don't like him at all. And poor Mare, she's kind of like, wait, but he's my kind of boyfriend. You have to like him. <laughs> yeah. I felt so bad for I. this too. And the funny thing is, is because Kalorn, especially because he's Mare's best friend, is extremely jealous. So he's always yeah. like, and we love him. Yes. We love Killorn, or however you say it. I think it. that's how you say it. I don't know. <laughs> that's how I would say it in my mind. Yeah, I was kind of, um, I, I'm, I was hoping for somebody for him because I really like him. I really I do like too. him. He's a great character, and I love how loyal he is to Mare. Yeah, I love So the Scarlet Guard with mayor are all traveling and they end up going to the ruins of an old city and while they're there maven somehow finds them he figures out that that's where they have gone and so they attack them and maven is there with them but the scarlet guard can't find him they attack and kill other silvers but they can't find maven so they don't know what's going on so then they end up getting into a submarine and they escape by boat and go to a different Scarlet Guard base. Um, the Scarlet Guard has bases all over the place, which is fantastic because whenever they need to go somewhere, it seems like they always have someone to somewhere to go. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. kind of like the um, the rebels in Star Wars. You know, they've always got a base somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was nice. I didn't expect that. I know that they were, which is really cool. You kind of discover that in this book, that they're in more places throughout the country than you realize that they would be. Yeah, because I thought they had no chance. But then here they are, like this huge group of people, like all over the (laughs) book world. (laughs) So they go to a new base in a city called Tuck. Um, and what happens, though, is because the Scarlet Guard members don't trust Kale, they end up putting him in a prison cell in one of the barracks, which, of course, Mare is furious about. And in this, when they get to Tuck, we meet a brand new character who is the colonel of the Scarlet Guard. And he also just happens to be Farley's father. And he's just like... Meeting him, I feel like, gave us a better perspective on Farley and the way that she is. Don't you think so? Yeah. Yeah, he was very distrustful of Mare, very distrustful of Cal, and he was kind of just not, he was rude. He wasn't very nice. So Yeah. And he's like this mean and hard person, which is exactly what Farley is. She's a very strict and, you know, all silvers must die kind of person. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Definitely a tough shell on the outside. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what's really cool, though, is that the the Scarlet Guard has gotten Mare's family out of the stilts where they were living, and they brought them to this base to keep them safe. So they're there, which is really nice. Um, now, Farley's dad is a bit more distrusting than Farley is because he doesn't even trust Mare. He is very um, cautious about her at the beginning. So what ends up happening is poor Kalorn. I feel like he kind of gets stuck in the middle a little bit, but at the same time, he also makes this choice. And so I kind of got mad at him for this. Do you remember this? He 
Yeah. He tricks Mare and ends up locking her in the prison cell with Kale. Yeah. I mean, poor Mare. She's like, I just, I just got out of prison from being with the Silvers, and now you're trapping me in a cell. You're my best friend. <laughs> yeah, that was surprising. And it's crazy. I didn't like that. No, I didn't either. <laughs> and I, the good thing is, though, is that shortly after that, he, you can tell that he um, feels really bad about it. And he helps, he kind of redeems himself because he helps Shade and Farley break Mare and Kale out. So right. what happens is, thankfully, Shade has this fantastic power to teleport. And uh, so he can teleport into the cell and grab both Mare and Kale and then teleport them out. And then all of them together get on a jet and they steal it and then they escape. So at this point, what they're doing is they're in this plane and Mare's like, okay, so do you guys have a plan? And they're like, oh, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Always fun, right? I kind of have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> so Mayor and Cal and everyone are using the list that they got Mayor has from Julian, and they're going to go find the other new bloods who are like her and Shade and try and recruit them one by one. Um, so what happens then is they have to find a place where they can, a base. And they end up going to this one area and there's like this old shack of a house there and they stay there and use that as their base while they go to and fro to find all these other people. Um, Now, what I really like when this happens is that we start to see a couple of different relationships develop. So we already have Cal and Mare, but then we start to see this new relationship, um, which isn't new to them, but it's new to us as the reader seeing it for the first time. And that is between Farley and Shade. What do you think about their relationship, Nikki? Um, yeah, that was, well, that was surprising because I felt like their personalities were totally different and, you know, Farley just acts all tough, but I think that's her, the leader in her. So, um, I mean, I, I like seeing other relationships and characters and I wanted somebody for her and I wanted somebody for shade. So I liked it. <laughs> I did too. And I, I was surprised at first as well. Um, be, but it, it's funny because Farley is this really like stick in the mud person. You know, she presents his personality like she's just all business and no fun and hardcore But then when she has these moments with shade, you see this softer side of her and it's really cool. But then if Mare, there's a couple of times when Mare catches her in shade and in those moments, and then she'll look at Mare and just kind of be like, oh, shut up. You know, she (laughs) just is like, leave me alone. (laughs) And she goes back to trying to be, pretend like she's being all rough and tough. (laughs) but yeah I feel like there's a struggle between you know Farley and Mare too for you know I'm the leader no I'm the leader you know so they've got that going on too (laughs) definitely there definitely is that dynamic well and Mare you know it's interesting because all for years she's thought that Shade was dead and so now she has him back but now it's like she has to share him with Farley so I feel like there's some uh, elements of jealousy there as well you know Right. And he's the only 
person in her family that's on this journey with her as well. Right. So, I mean, Killorn's kind of like family since they grew up together. He's kind of like her brother. Um, but yeah, and I'm not really sure how that all happened with, you know, just Mare and then her brother because the other brother and sister didn't apparently are not new bloods, right. but Hey, luck of the draw, I guess. Right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. Some kind of a new blood genetics we don't know about <laughs> sure. happened there. Let's we'll ask Victoria Anger next time we see her. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so um, so they're going on, and at some point, Maven finds them and quarters them, but then Shade gets them out again. You know, it's a really good thing he's got that teleporting power, you know. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made it very far yeah. in this book. So, <laughs> so he gets yeah, them out Yeah, it would have been like one and a half books. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they all would have died very early, uh-huh. I think. I don't know. <laughs> so after they're at the, they get to this base and they're trying to find the new bloods, um, they meet a man whose name is John and he is a new blood as well, but he can see the future and he comes to them and he tells them all these things and he tells them that he should continue to try and attack Maven. Um, And then, so what happens is they meet a new blood named Cameron and Cameron is a very important figure. She's, not in a ton of this book, but she becomes very pivotal in the next book. And um, she is important because she escaped from a prison in Corvium, which is one of the um, silver strongholds, one of the big cities. And it's a silver prison. There's mostly, there's reds in the prison, but there are also some silvers being held in there as well. And Cameron was able to escape from there. And so they are like, how did you escape from there? Because they want to go in and rescue the people who were in there, all the other reds who were in there. And it just so happens that at the end of the first book, poor Julian um, got captured and he got (laughs) sent to that prison. So they especially want to go in there to get Julian. So they get all the information that they can from Cameron and John, this uh, future seer, for lack of a better word right there, <laughs> um, right. he tells them that they should, that they should go in there, you know, and they're kind of debating because they don't really know much about him um, and they're not really sure what to do. But in yeah. the end, they decide that they are gonna, uh, they are going to go in and try and rescue people out of the prison using the different powers that Mare and Shade and Cameron all possess. Cameron has a really cool power. She can actually block other people's powers. So she's kind of like silent stone in a person. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think she, yeah, that it, she's the only one that we know of that's, that has that power. That's she has the strongest power of them all. Yeah. To be she able does. to do that. Yeah, we don't meet any other new bloods like her. So yeah, um, yeah. So she has the power to do that. So they decide to go in, right? So yeah, they go in. They break into the prison, and Cameron uses her power to fight through the guards, and Mary uses her lightning, and Shade teleports, and then 
we come to the end of their fight when they have broken people out. They found Julian and his companion, Sarah, and they let them out as well as other red new bloods and um, silvers. And then Elara is there. Maven's right. mother. And, you know, Super oh, bad. Super gosh, bad. I don't like that woman at all. <laughs> and Mare ends up fighting with Alara. Um, but right before that, Evangeline's brother, Tolmus, is there. And Evangeline, hmm. or not Evangeline, Mare is fighting with him. And he shoots metal at her. And just as he does, one of the most tragic moments occurs. Yes. Her brother Shay jumps in front of Mare. He takes the dagger in his chest and he dies. Yeah, I was hoping that, you know, we thought he was dead once before. And I <laughs> I kept reading it thinking, like, he wasn't really dead because it was just devastating. I think I might have cried at this point. <laughs> it was just oh, horrific. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I remember crying because we, we don't know a lot about Shade, but we knew enough that we loved him. And, you know, yeah, like I said, her only family with her. And now he truly is gone. And it's horrible because she just got him back. She was so excited to have him back. Yeah. And then he's this, you know, he's Farley's boyfriend, really. And they have this great relationship together. And now she's lost him, too. And so, yeah. So Shade, was it was really bad. <laughs> and, the, and this battle, I think, was the first battle we saw with, like, you've got new bloods, you've got reds, you've got silvers, and, you know, you've got, uh, so Cal's involved. He's a silver fighting other silvers, but he's kind of, you know, not sure if he wants to do that. Like, he's torn between it. It was really neat to see, like, these, you know, you get to see the new blood powers with the you know silvers and then the reds backing them up so that was i like that battle it was really good i love the way yeah. victoria aviard writes the battles she does such a great job with them They're just yeah yeah and i usually don't like reading about battles you know <laughs> just too gory for me but she she did a really good job yeah and i was um as far as the new bloods go i would i don't know why but in the first book i when you know you learn that she has she's a red but she has all these powers and ends up being called a new blood i don't know why but i just didn't even think about like oh there's probably more out there <laughs> it was just like a total shock and so i was excited to like start reading this book and then see these like you know you start to see these characters come in and i was so excited to see like oh my gosh you know who are what are their powers going to be they're all going to be different than like just your regular you know silvers with the you know magnetrons and the yeah. you know everything else and it's true they do have so, some unique powers some of them are very similar to the silvers but a lot of them are their own which is really cool and i love that so yeah Tragically, Shay dies and Mare is all broken up, but she can't cry or mourn because then Alara appears right in front of her. And somehow in the midst of her tears and, uh, you know, being overcome with her shock because Shade has just died in front of her, Mare manages to throw out some lightning and kill Alara. Yay, the evil queen is dead. <laughs> and we all rejoice. Now, we were happy about that. It was, oh, yeah, yes. vindication for <laughs> 
for shade and uh and a lot of the characters that you know the main ones like you know maven and and mayor and cal uh you know it's kind of like are they good are they bad but she yeah Alara, she's definitely just 100% bad. She was, oh, yeah. It was nice to see her go. She's absolutely horrible. <laughs> <laughs> One less thing we got to worry about yes. now. <laughs> King Dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> yeah, but the, and then you got to think, okay, she's gone. So then what's Maven going to be like without right. this influence? Exactly. I thought about that when I saw this. Yeah, when I read that she died. So, it, you know. We read to see <laughs> what he's going to be like. I was hoping That's he right. would just go back and be, you know, good. But then, of course, she'd have to choose between him and Cal, and that'd be a hard decision. So, <laughs> well, at this point, I think it's a lot easier of a decision. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it definitely first, easy. But, definitely easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at, now here's what's interesting, too. So after she kills Alara and they all get out of there, um, you see her and Kel having these conversations where he's saying that he's really worried about her because at first when they started having battles, she was reluctant to hurt people and she felt bad, but then she kills Alara and she's like, yes, I killed somebody. people." You know what I mean? And there, and Kel, and he's not the only one, Kel and Shade and Kalorn are all like, um, you know, you're changing here. Something is happening there, you you know, and you need to be careful because we don't want you to become evil. And even Julian, sweet Julian, who I love so much because they have him back at this point. He says the same thing to her. He's just my favorite. And um, liking that killing a little too much there, Mare. I know, right? (laughs) So here's a really fun thing that happens then. Mayor had seen John before they went into this and he had a message for Farley and all it said was, you know, she Mary tells Farley, the answer to your question is yes. And that's all that we get. And Farley looks very shocked. She doesn't say anything else, but that's all that we get. And then later what happens is Mayor and they go back to the base and Mayor and Farley are talking uh, about shade. And at one point, Victoria Aviar describes it with Farley placing her hand on her stomach. And as soon as I read that, I knew yeah. what it was. I knew what it was. Now, yeah. oh, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, she is pregnant. It's like, <laughs> bittersweet bittersweet it is but it's it's like it's yeah it's one of those like oh my gosh she's pregnant with shade's baby yes but then you're like oh my gosh he just died (laughs) now he's never gonna get to meet his baby but here's the funny thing mayor has absolutely no clue (laughs) right she doesn't now the readers we pick up on this you know but mayor has absolutely no clue at all she's clueless so she doesn't figure it out <laughs> in this book. She's yeah. just like, whatever. But I, I maybe for the best. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she needs to focus. She's got a lot to do. Yeah. Well, because here's what comes next. So after that happens, Maven finds them again. Maven and he's got Evangeline and Thomas and his whole silver crew with them. He finds them at the base in Tuck where they have gone back to. And he comes in. 
and he threatens to take everybody prisoner and to kill and attack them. And Mare does something unbelievable. She, at this point, is feeling really guilty, I think, because of Shade dying. And she said, she decides that she wants to make a deal with Maven. She tells him that if he lets everybody else go, that she will go with him and she will be his prisoner. Yeah, that was sad. And, you know, that's the end of the book. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, Mayor, don't do it. Don't do it. And she's like, no, I'm doing it. And that's the end of the book. I was like, isn't there another way? <laughs> right? You're like, no, no, no. There has to be another way, Mayor. Please. But it's not. And then, so, and the epilogue then is when she is with Maven. He has taken her and she is in a cell, which is lined, of course, with silent stone. Right. So she's, you know, physically not feeling well. She doesn't have any of her powers. And this is how we end the book. She is Maven's prisoner, and we have no idea what he is going to do to her and what's going to happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, during this book, he was he he had the same list that she did of the New Bloods. And, you know, if he got to them before she did, he would kill them. And um, and then there was there was talk of like sending some kids up to the front of the line of the war. And she I think she just couldn't handle it anymore. She just saw no other way. Well, and the other thing that's interesting, I didn't mention this earlier, but when he would find the new bloods ahead of them and he would kill them, do you remember what he did? He left, wrote a note. <laughs> yeah, he left notes for Mayor. And it was like he was trying to, um, to woo her and to yeah. get her back, you know, because in his own crazy, twisted way, he still has feelings for her. And so, you know, he wrote her all these notes and she hid them from Kale, though, which is interesting. Yes. She didn't tell Kale. I think, or maybe she told him at first, but then she, she hid the notes. Like he didn't, she kept them. She didn't toss them out. She kept the notes. Right. And she, she didn't still, tell She still had feelings for him, but just knows that, you know, it could never be now. He's right. just too far gone right too far evil so um but i think she still you know was holding on a little bit to the feelings she had for him i think so too which you know is, is kind of crazy especially after the way that he betrayed her in the first book but i think that right. she's just she's you know she's this young naive teenager and she just wants to give him the benefit of the doubt she's very hopeful like she just Wants to keep hoping right. that he can get better and he can change, you know? And, um, and again, then she just feels really bad at the end because of Shade dying and she wants everything that they've been fighting for to be worth something. So she's finally like, okay, I don't want anybody else to die. I will go and be Maven's prisoner, which. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't that. know. Yeah. she. I don't know what she thinks she's going into. Cause I think she thinks, well, he still loves me. He's not going to, you know do horrible things to me. I, I'm not quite sure that, you know, she, she has decided, okay, this is going to be really, really horrible. I think she just thinks, well, he loves me still. Yeah. That's very so possible. I think that was part of it too. Yeah. And then are we going to talk about who was next to Maven? Oh yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Creepy John. That's right. <laughs> creepy John. Is he good or is he oh. bad? Because, you know, he gave them some warnings that I think helped. But now here he is. Maven. 
with and Maven. so <laughs> mad and she cannot believe that he is with Maven and that he betrayed them. And every time, oh, I can't say that because it's in the next book. Oh, I so want to say it, but I'm not going to. Okay. But anyway, so John is in the next book too. And the relationship dynamic between Mare and John is interesting and very, very tense. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so, but yeah. Yeah. completely betrayed them yet again. And this, you know, all goes back to what Julian told Mayor in the first book when he said, anyone can betray anyone. Yeah. He's so wise. He is. <laughs> he's he's it one is. of very few silvers. I think I love him. I love Cal. I, yes. Probably it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're the only two that we're probably meant to love at this point. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So good book. Yep. Big fights. Um, oh, I love seeing the new, the new bloods, you know, um, there were some other ones that were introduced. It was neat to see like their different powers. And, um, and yes, then because Ada, yeah. we meet Ada too. That's right. And her power, she can like remember everything. She has yeah, like a that was- photographic memory. So she can memorize maps. So when they go in and they have all these battle plans, like when they're going into the prison, she has it memorized. <laughs> this, yeah, how it's that laid was- out, which is really cool. And that's a really, obviously, key. Uh, that's a big help to them. So what do you think about um, how Mare kind of transformed from the beginning of this book to the end of the book? Because at the beginning of this book, she definitely starts out feeling very guilty and responsible for the deaths of all these people who are dying in these battles. But then again, by the time we get to the end of it, and when she, you know she kills Alara, she definitely doesn't feel any remorse anymore. And um, you know, again, Cal and Julian are warning her because they don't want her to become this evil killing machine, and they want her to stay sweet, you know, mare who feels all these things. But she definitely has changed a lot. What do you think about that? Yeah, it, I felt bad for her, really. Um, you know, she's struggling with pretty much everything in her life. Like, her feelings for, I think, Maiden, and then her feelings for Cal, of course. Like, they're always on again, off again. And then, um, you know, she I don't think she ever intended to be a leader in her life. She just thought, that, you know, she's going to grow up and have this normal red life. And, um, yeah, I but she definitely wants to, she's decided to, fight maven fight against this red versus you know silver world and um yeah so i think she decides well you know i need to be a leader as well um and she does well at it but she uh, yeah she's struggling with that i have to kill people yeah she has to kill people and that's you know it's hard for her and then Apparently gets a little too yeah, easy for, for sure. her, but I think she she feels bad. Yeah, like you said, she feels remorse. She she feels responsible that you know these deaths are because of her, especially with the mind games that Maven's playing. He wants her to to feel that way. He knows exactly like you know how to. He's very manipulative. Yeah. He he wants to he wants to be with her. He wants her. So um, he's saying the exact things that she needs to hear. Yeah to surrender exactly it you know and i think the funny thing is when i think about maven i think okay so his mother completely poisoned his mind from the time he was young and um you know she wanted him to be king for years she then 
maneuvers it and makes the way for it by having poor Kel kill his own father so that Maven can become king. And then she dies and you kind of wonder, okay, so what's going to happen with Maven? But, you know, it's it's crazy, though, because he just I, I think part of the reason besides Alara's influence that he is the way he is and how he thinks that he is in love with Mare and wants her so badly is because I think he's jealous of Cal, you know, because Cal is the older right. one. And even though they have the same power with um, controlling fire, Cal is more powerful than Maven is. And he's bigger, he's right. stronger, he was bred to be a soldier, and Maven wasn't. Maven's this, like, you know, smaller little weakling. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that part of Maven's reasoning, again, for wanting Mare is because he wants what his brother has. He wants to get something, and he wants to be the winner in all of it, you know? Right. And I think he realized, you know, when, even when Mare thought he was a good guy that she was still probably going to choose his brother over him. You saw that in the first book. So yeah, he, I, now he realizes this is the only way he'll ever have her. Yep. To take her prisoner and keep her locked up in his castle. <laughs> That's right. Really. And I think he may have, he may have been able to capture her, but he's just, he wanted her to surrender. So he got exactly what he wanted. He didn't want to just capture her. He wanted her to willingly come to him. I think he felt power powerful oh, that way. Completely. He most definitely did. That I'm yeah. sure made him feel a lot better and totally boosted his little teenage ego <laughs> for sure. Right. Right. He's getting what he wants, you know, maybe not the way that <laughs> it should be, but um, yeah, he's, he's finally getting at least the girl he wants. Yeah. So, so um, let's talk about Kale and Kalorn for a minute. <laughs> so their relationship is funny too. Um, I just love all of the different relationship dynamics that Victoria Aver builds in her, in these books because there are so many of them and they're just so fun because um, they're each unique in their own way. And Cal and Kalorn have this like love hate relationship with each other. Um, so, I mean, cause at the beginning yeah. of this book, Kalorn absolutely hates Cal. And I think, you know, he's jealous because um, I feel like he, you know, he loves Mayor. I mean, she's his best friend, but I feel like there's probably also some, yeah. something more going on there with him on his side anyway. And, um, you know, then in comes Cal and Mare's, you know, all totally gone on Cal and Kalorn's like, all right, I don't like this guy. We got to do something to get him out of the picture here. Um, so it's yeah. fun. They're very, their interactions and their dialogue is interesting because um, they're very business-like with each other, you know, when it comes to strategizing and planning the attacks and how they're going to, um, get all the other new bloods and gather them. But then they're also very like, they also have very like biting and nasty remarks to each other sometimes <laughs> because of that jealous tension, right. you know? Yeah. What do you think about their relationship? Yeah, I agree. You know, the thing with Mare, they both love her. They both want to be her boyfriend. Um, and then uh, also, you know, it's, you pretty much just can't trust any silvers in this book. Like they're, you know, 
they're the bad guys pretty much. So it's like this whole group of, you know, red bloods, whether they're new blood or not. But, you know, it's like, let's let's fight the silvers and then the cows with them. And he's kind of like, yeah, let's get them. Um, I'm silver too, but you know, and so, um, yeah, I think it's, he's silver. He's got the girl. So yeah, there's, there's all this, this tension between the two of them, but I'm glad they, they start to get along. I didn't want them to hate each other. Yes. That's what's great is that they do eventually during the book, start to get along better with each other. And they kind of, chat and have a good heart to heart and come to an understanding and Mare has a good conversation with Kalorn also um, and that really helps mend the relationship you know and they realize I think Kalorn realizes what Mare wants and he wants her to be happy because he is her best friend so that really helps a lot and they have a good I love their little heart to heart chat they have at the um, at the little their little shack <laughs> base that right. they have um, and so Speaking of that, and Mare and Cal, so the beginning of the book, Mare and Cal's relationship is a bit rocky because, you know, they've just had this battle and Cal has just discovered that Mare was in on the attack that happened in the palace at the ball. And, um, you know, and then he finds out she had this whole plan. And so he's kind of like, what is happening here? Um so they have kind of a rocky relationship at the start of this. But then when we get to the part where they all end up in this little shack um, as their base and they're trying to find all the new bloods, their relationship begins to change and they start to talk more and they get closer to each other. And before you know it, they're sharing a room in the shack. <laughs> so, yeah. And they're, and it's actually, that made me happy. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's cute because it's like, it's not like they're, just sleeping together and having sex. It's like they're, um, they're snuggling. They're keeping each other company. Like Mare keeps having nightmares, but when Cal right. is next to her and in the same room with her and sleeping, she doesn't have nightmares anymore because she feels safe. And so that's really, I just love that. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. It, I, I like that Aviard made it, you know, with the relationship has these ups and downs and struggles. Like I, I like a good love story with like, you know, some substance to it. And this one definitely has substance to it. That's for sure. <laughs> this is one of the most up and down relationships I have ever encountered <laughs> when reading yeah, it. Yeah, it's like it's like my middle school relationships. Like they have more ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> and you never know what is gonna happen with them. So it always keeps you guessing their relationship, that's for sure. Yeah, But at the end of the book, they're at a really good point, which is fun. But then, of course, you know, Cal is like, Merit, don't be stupid and go with Maven. And then he's destroyed. You know, one thing yeah. that I feel like Victoria Aver does really well in all of these books is that she puts your emotions through the ringer. I mean, I can't even, like, I cried in the book. I laughed while reading it. Yeah. And then I've, you know, got been angry and been like, what is going on? And this is only, this is only book two. <laughs> yeah, I got way too emotional about a book character. Or, well, book characters. I, I mean, I literally was just, like, in the book with them, like caring about them, like wanting the, you know, wanting them not to die. Like I just really was, I, I think this was, it's one of the only book 
books ever that I've read where I'm just like devastated <laughs> when someone dies, like truly crying, yes. you know, or it, like when they're in love, I'm just so happy, like they're doing well, you know, like, yeah, it was, um, she's, she's great. She's a great author. She totally is. And I'm speaking of her, I'm very excited because she is currently writing something new and I don't know what it is, but I keep seeing stuff on Instagram and I'm very excited to see, to find out what it is because I know it's going to be exciting. So, um, speaking of the future, um, we talked about how we have new characters in this book who come into play in the next book. And the biggest one is actually Cameron. Um, the new blood and she she has a very pivotal role in the next book i'm not going to say too much more about it um all of you will just need to listen to the next episode to find out about it <laughs> and the third book in the series is called king's cage and if you thought that this second book put you through an emotional ringer well let me just prepare you now because king's cage is even worse <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Don't read it in public. People will think you're weird. Crying, (laughs) crying, laughing. It is really, really good. Um, So, yeah. Well, that is it for this book. Thank you so much, Nikki, for being here and chatting with me again. Thanks for having me. Sure. And Nikki is going to be coming back and she will be chatting with me again about the fourth book, which is the final book. uh, And that is called War Storm. And uh, so she'll be back again to talk with me about that one in a couple episodes coming up. Yay. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to this one. Be sure to listen to the next episode, which will be on King's Cage. And go ahead and check out my Instagram and Facebook pages for any updates and to see what's new. And if you have any questions for me or Nikki, um, please feel free to email me at yabookchat at gmail.com. I will be doing some Q&A episodes, and I would love to hear from everybody and hear what your questions are. All right, thanks for listening, and we will chat again soon. Today's podcast featured the book Glass Sword by Victoria Aveyard and was hosted and produced by me, Leah Stuhler.